My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast, where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. That's right. We're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Scott, man, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, uh, busy, busy. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, at 5.30, my three-year-old, I even posted a picture. He was done. <laughs> he, we, we, in the middle, it was a nice, small Thanksgiving. It was just my family and my parents that was it. So we spent all day at my parents' house. My my mom fixed us breakfast, and then we just sort of played around while the turkey cooked. And then di- and then we ended up having a Thanksgiving dinner when, nor- when normally we have like a lunch. But since there was just you know six of us, so we ended up taking the boys to a park uh, because my three year old put his shoes on. I was like, I'm going to the park. I was like, Oh, are you now? Yes. Okay. So he ran around for like two hours. So then we ate dinner. They watched like Big Hero Six, and then the next thing I know, he is passed out on my dad down for the count we even <laughs> left him there he spent the night with the grandparents because it was like oh, we're perfect. just putting you to bed <laughs> yeah oh that's a that's a good thanksgiving <laughs> it was a very good thanksgiving yeah oh that's awesome that's awesome i was gonna ask you did you have wednesday off uh yes okay yes i had wednesday thursday and friday off okay yeah because my wa- my wife's an educator as well so she had wednesday off well this is kind of how it started off for us like she was planning on spending wednesday doing a bunch of cooking because we had we basically had two thanksgiving dinners for thursday planned Okay. Okay. I have a total of three. You know, you, you know, anyone who's got, you know, relatives and families and you're traveling around, you know what we're talking about here. Um, so we had two dinners planned for Thursday. So she was going to spend Wednesday getting a lot of the cooking done. Well, I'm on my way to work. I'm half hour into my drive and I get a call from my wife and she goes, guess what? The power just went out. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. It'll, it'll go back on, you know, because we were having a lot of high winds, um, uh, Wednesday morning. And, uh, and then I get a call like an hour later, you know, it's, it's still not on Tim. I'm like, no, they'll, they'll turn this thing around. I mean, usually they get these things fixed pretty quick. Well, come noon, <laughs> I'm at work. Power's still not on. She's in panic mode right now because like, you know, she can't do any of the cooking that she was wanting to do. <laughs> she's basically losing a day here. You know, she's having to entertain the two kids because, you know, no power. They can't, she can't throw on a show or anything. Like, so it was just, uh, it was kind of a mess. That's when you throw them outside. That's, you know, that's what the backyard's for. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you for, for future reference. You realize I live in the North, right? It was 34 degrees out. So, oh, oh come on. Do you live in the North? Toughen up. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I've, I've heard lots of stories about you complaining about, uh, you know, how cold <laughs> it is when it's like, it's like 58 degrees, it's freezing out. Okay. Enough of that. Um, anyway, so, um, so we ended up, uh, getting the power back on, uh, just before the evening. Oh <laughs> so no. It's a wasted day. Anyway, so we, uh, ended up getting up early, getting everything done on Thursday, you know, trying to get most everything done, but it was a pretty hectic day. But anyway, uh, the thing I was going to, uh, uh, tell you is like, this is how my Thanksgiving went. So uh, talking to my two kids, my daughter's 10, my son's you know, seven. And, you know, they've watched like Star Wars in the past and all that, but it never really got mm-hmm. real into it. And I was just kind of explaining to my daughter, I'm like, hey, you know, they're ending the series 
series of nine films that's coming out at the end of December. And I was kind of explaining to her, you know, where the story's gone and all that. Well, she started kind of getting interested. So we ended up putting on Star Wars and she actually watched it, yes! you know, like, <laughs> yes. so she watched it. So she watched the first film, watched the second film. And we're talking, and we're talking release order, correct? Release order, release order. Yeah. Good, so, good, good. Okay. You, you, of course. you have, you have, you're, 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 you're doing parenting right. Okay. <laughs> of course I am. Anyway, so she started asking questions. She goes, dad, you know, is, is Luke, is he going to turn to the dark side? And she's like, I really hope he does. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's part of the story. You're just going to have to wait and see. She goes, oh, he's not, she's, you know, he's not going to resist it, is he? I'm like, well, I don't know. You're just going to have to watch it. She goes, I'm going to be so disappointed if he resists it. <laughs> so anyway, this was like my proud daddy moment because um, this is where she ultimately just said, like, if they end up having him like resist it and, and stay good throughout this entire thing, it's going to be a boring film. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I can recommend some reading for your daughter. You need to pick her up from Dark Horse Comics. You need to get her Dark Empire. Okay, <laughs> maybe I'll do he, that. <laughs> yeah, he goes dark. He goes dark side. Yeah. That. Okay. So, but anyway, it was just I was just super proud of her because she's like, you know, she goes, that's just gonna make a boring film. I'm like, oh, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. She appreciates conflict and you know just like uh, put people in difficult situations. Like I, I just love the fact that she that side of her is just coming out. That's great. Yep. Well, and then and then our Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, we we achieved the next step in the evolution. Uh, we put bunk beds in Ooh. my six-year-old's room, and now the brothers are sleeping in the same room together now. Of course they are. <laughs> are they fighting over which one? Who gets the top? No. Actually, they, they, they made it very... They thankfully uh, picked the three-year-old one on the bottom, the six-year-old one on the top. Not You know, there was no fight. It was, however, very sweet last night, though, because now with the new bunk beds, we can't, like, cuddle in with them because there's just no room in these beds. Yeah. For the adults to cuddle in, so we walk in there, and my six-year-old climbed into bed with my three-year-old, and they and the two brothers just cuddled and slept in the same bed last night. It was okay. so sweet. Okay, there you go. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, my kids are asking for bunk beds too. I'm like, mm, you're not getting bunk beds. <laughs> oh, hundred dollars off of Facebook Marketplace. It was beautiful, solid yeah. wood. It was that was the way to go. You know, bought it used. It was in great shape. Spent two dollars and change at Home Depot picking up, you know, some hardware to replace missing hardware, and we were done. Okay. It was fantastic. Oh, that works out, I guess. All right. Well, guys, we are going to, we're about ready to get onto the show here, but before we do that, I just want to tell you that we are part of Squadcast Media. We would recommend you go check out the other shows in our network. We have DC Comics Squadcast. We have DC TV Squadcast, Fans Without Borders, talking about all kinds of things. DC, Fans Without Borders talks about uh, DC, Marvel, Star Trek, whatever else, uh, you know, Brent and Ray will fight about. It's, it's always a must listen so check that one out <laughs> i love that's the selling point that's yes the selling point <laughs> and then of course uh you know dc tv squadcast talking about whatever dc related television with a rotating clown car of hosts as we like to say because we're the clowns yes yes we are and then also we'd like to take the opportunity to thank all of you patrons over at patreon.com slash squadcast media who financially support us every month we really do appreciate that and if you think that you can possibly support us and you want to help you know keep keep the lights on here at the Squadcast Media, you know, five dollars a month gets you access uh, to a RSS feed as a way of us saying thank you, where we have all this exclusive content, including B-roll and extra shows like.
like Fans Without Borders Plus, where Ray and I review just whatever movies we feel like reviewing. And then, of course, we also have Squadcast Movies, where we have been chronologically alternating, going through every comic book-inspired movie ever made. And uh, Tim just dropped 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the backlash from certain fans of our network <laughs> was glorious. I've enjoyed it so much. Yes, I have gotten support, though, just to let you know. But yeah. I don't I, I don't care. I, I, the, the people who I follow, who have bothered to, to to respond publicly, I appreciate. It's been great. You know who I'm talking, you know who you are. I love you guys. <laughs> yes, uh, we know who you are, and we thank you for your support regardless. <laughs> so, no, it's awesome. I, I was on an island, I will admit. I was the only one uh, of the four of us that was not really into the film. So Because you're just too old. You're just uh, too old. I, 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 I'm able to put aside nostalgia. Let's just put it that way. No, that, no there was there was no nostalgia for you to put aside. You never had it to begin with. That was the problem. <laughs> well, okay, I didn't need to worry about putting aside nostalgia, but you guys were unable to. Actually, Chris kind of did. Didn't matter. Yeah, it, so. it was like Batman '89. You don't put aside nostalgia; you just embrace it. You let it, you let it flow through you. I did embrace nostalgia on that one. I will admit. So, all right, well, guys, let's get on to the news. All right, we're done. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Reach yeah. out to us. Yeah. No, it was one of those weeks, and I think this happens every year, Scott, if I remember right. Like, it, it just seems like this is one of these weeks because, uh, not you know, a lot of the the news sites just kind of, like, shut down. They're they're working on a skeleton crew. You know, there's a lot of people taking off this week. You could tell that from Variety this week because, whoo-hoo, boy. Oh, that, was well. a, that was that was an interesting week. All the, all the, quote, articles that Variety was putting out this week, it's like, what was that? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're working at another level right now, it seems. So, but we're not going to talk about any of that. I mean, there's really no big news this week. So what we did, uh, reached out to Scott earlier today, so should we take questions? And he's like, yes, yes, we should take questions. So. I was looking at the notes going, there's <laughs> nothing in here. Yeah. So it's... We have no notes. It's one of those days. So I think what I'm going to do, uh, I just put out a simple tweet through Suicide Squadcast Twitter, and I am going to now just go ahead and pull this thing up, and should we just start kind of going in order of the questions we've got? I think so, because it was like the best... I mean, we used to do like this whole thing where you tweet and I tweet and we'd email. Like, no, one tweet, everything is in one place. Yes. This was after four years, we finally learned our lessons. Yes. And uh, and I asked everyone to respond to that tweet. I hope they did. I didn't. I wasn't tracking if everybody was re- actually responding to that tweet, but that's what I'm looking at right now. So if we didn't answer your question, it's on you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we'll we'll do our best. I'll, I'll go back and look. You know, before we finish up, see if we missed any. But um, okay, let's start off. So we had asked. You know, what are your questions? Uh, the very first one I have here is from good friend of the show, Matthew Salvatore asks, will we be getting a Justice League commentary track? And then he says, I'll show myself out. Good. <laughs> he Good. Kind of I'm glad. I'm glad you walked out the door before I kicked you out the door. Oh, you know, I've always kind of thought... I'm not watching that movie again. No, no, no. But not going to happen. I'm, I'm not asking you to, but I will say this. This this is my response. You know, w- doing Squadcast movies, we've actually kind of enjoyed reviewing some of the really bad films. It's been fun reviewing them. It's just not fun watching them. It's not fun watching problem. them. But I, I throw this out there, Scott, and this would have to happen after we get the Snyder Cut of Justice Yes. League. But if we were to watch it and our whole commentary track was just kind of letting our true feelings about everything out about everything, everything we're seeing do you think you could manage it do you think that could be i think i feel like pretty much let out my true feelings during the <laughs> reviews you were the one you were like i was like the dog on a chain you were like jerking my chain during the entire review going <sighs> calm yourself i'm like no 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 anyway <laughs> 
I think it would be really, I admit, after the Snyder Cut comes out, what, could I have some entertainment value in just mercilessly trash-talking that film for two hours? <laughs> I could see myself doing that, yes. Yes, so Scott's saying there's a chance, Matthew. So. There's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. chance. It's not going to happen until after the Snyder Cut. We'll just leave no, it at that. No. <laughs> I will record a Snyder Cut commentary before I record a Justice League commentary. That's, yes, that's that is my those are my demands. <laughs> that's your order. That's your order of operations. All right. Absolutely. So next is listener Chris Balga. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. He asks, uh, what character and storyline from the comics would you like the DCEU to adapt for the movies? He also <laughs> goes on to say, feel free to either go deep cut or mainstream with your answers. It's your world, guys. We just live in it. Uh, I mean, aspirationally for me, I'm going to answer this one. Uh, I would love to see the Great Darkness Saga, but that would take an awful lot to happen, you know, because this is this is revolving around the Legion of Superheroes, and if you thought uh, uh, some of the stuff they're doing with um, Crisis and and uh, multiple Earths and different realities and all that is complicated, I mean Legion's about as complicated as you can get. But my God, would I love to see something like that on the big screen? Ooh, you know what? I'm trying to think about what I would like because I'm trying to think of something like almost everything I would want would be Batman related. But I feel like if I wanted to like really go outside the box and try to figure out, man, what? But what have they not already done? Oh, I could tell you one that you would probably like to see okay tell me identity crisis yes yes okay <laughs> okay that that's my answer chris i know that tim suggested it but i mean the man knows that i like went to an english teacher conference just so i could get <laughs> brad Meltzer to autograph my absolute edition so yes identity crisis go suck at people who say it's too dark and grim <laughs> what do you do identity crisis let's let's put it on hbo max then <laughs> oh yeah oh that oh that's totally like an hbo max type of story absolutely ow yeah. You know what would be really awesome of that is watching is watching Deathstroke take on the entire freaking Justice League <laughs> at once. Yes. I mean, my gosh, there's a lot of really great uh, emotional beats in that story. Uh, the the whole thing about, like, the whole mystery about who did it. Oh, it's it'd just be great. Oh, yeah. The, oh, that whole thing. But also the fact of Batman's right. Yes. <laughs> Every time we want to we wanna blame Batman for being a paranoid <laughs> jerk, here's a story that goes, he was right. He was right. And, you know, this also led to, I think, some of my favorite Batman arcs in comics. At least it, the whole thing, like when Batman became paranoid, like exceptionally paranoid after Identity Crisis, that to me was some of the most interesting Batman writing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he became jerk Batman. He did. He, he was. Did. He became paranoid jerk Batman and it was glorious. It was. It was. So um, those are our answers. Uh, next we have Carrie Vandenberg. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. All right, Carrie. He asks, assuming the Snyder Cut is released on HBO Max and is successful, that is the number of views. I like the way he actually defined success. I like right. that. Right. I like it. Um, should Warner Brothers let Zack finish his story as HBO Max movies or limited series? Affleck could make his solo Batman film there, make it so the DCEU basically lives on HBO Max. Do you like that idea? I mean, we <sighs> basically suggested this idea already. Yes, like, I feel, yeah. I feel like over the past couple of weeks, that's actually something we've brought up on the show. So, heck yeah. If, if I could see the arc, if I could see that arc get finished, why would I say no to that? Do it. Do it. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear here like Zach's original vision about what you know his story was going to be we know it was going to be a five film arc L let's be perfectly clear even if they do a theatrical release of Zack Snyder's Justice League they're never going to finish this arc theatrically no no and the question also becomes we know that they had to do a rewrite of Justice League post BVS anyway so I've always wondered if that five film arc was still in the cards like how much was that 
why Phil Mark's still intact even after the Justice League rewrites. Yeah, yeah, we just don't know that that they that they agreed to and that they they, they talked about at SnyderCon that he and Terrio the rewrites they did to to respond to uh, the BVS backlash because they even talked about at that summer press junket about how you know they didn't end on a cliffhanger like they yeah. wrapped up Justice League so it could be its you know it could be its own finished story in a way. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, so to, to kind of like finish the point I uh, kind of started to make here, like, you know, it's never going to happen theatrically because there's, two, you know, they've already made a, a grand adjustment to how they're going to be doing these DCEU films going forward. You know, they're trying to keep things a little bit more isolated, which I think there's a big advantage to that. You know, as much as I would love to see it, it being all connected, I, I think it does give the opportunity to tell better stories if they're not a slave to what's going on. If there's not like an overarching uh, storyline that they have to kind of be a slave to. So I, I think, I, I you know, I think the individual films like the Wonder Woman series of films, uh, what they're going to do with Shazam, what they're going to do with Black Adam, what they're going to do with um, Aquaman. Aquaman. You know, I, I think having these all kind of self-contained uh, I hopefully gets us better stories ultimately. And so I, I don't, you know, so clearly whatever Zack Snyder's vision was is not going to happen theatrically. HBO Max, though, this is an avenue where I think you have a huge potential to kind of create like a separate storyline, a separate universe where you could maybe even like allow Zack Snyder to come in and, you know, try to finish his story his story off. I, I think there's a distinct possibility that wasn't there a year ago. Yeah. I, I think something like that potentially could happen. Um, you know, the chances of it actually happening are still pretty small, but... Right. It's improbable. It just isn't impossible. No, there. I think there's a real opportunity there. So I, I like the idea of having, you know, films being released on HBO Max that could really cater more towards the stuff that makes me uh, drawn to, you know, what they've done with some of these DC films. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm going to remain hopeful. Uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, I hope it does kind of go that route. And then and then the fans and all of us that are kind of looking for those types of stories to be told that, you know, help show the support for it and uh, encourage yeah. HBO and Warner Brothers to, you know, use that as an outlet to do some of these types of films. I don't have anything to add to that. No. Uh, Josh Myers asks, what are your expectations for the Snyder Cut? It's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> do you expect the same comple- complexity as Man of Steel and BVS? But of course. Yes. Yeah, there's clearly. I mean, I think that's the point. I think that's the point of us campaigning so hard for the Snyder Cut is that it's going to give us the flavor of film that we came to expect after those two movies. And once again, going back to the fact that we need the film that actually fits you know with those two if we're not going to get our five film arc we can at least get a trilogy and let's at least have the third part that actually fits with that yeah especially when you, and when you talk about complexity i was thinking about this because i've spent the past couple of days watching the irishman on netflix because i i had to break it up over <laughs> two days and then i'm thinking about it as i'm watching the irishman going and the snyder cuts five minutes longer than this yeah <laughs> like, just, my mind is trying to process as i'm watching this movie going yeah and in and this snyder cut that i'm that i'm trying i'm dying so hard for it's it's even five minutes longer yeah. and i'm just like oh my god how much story is is just possible when you have three hours and 34 minutes yeah i mean let's be clear here this was a 
Zack Snyder, Chris Terrio film. Uh, it's going to have the same complexity, certainly, uh, as, you know, Batman v Superman. And even some of the story beats that Zack has kind of teased and revealed, uh, clearly it's there. <laughs> it's clearly going to be there. And yes, uh, my expectation uh, is that it's going to be as complex and I'm going to love it. Yes. So I think that answers it. I think it does. Uh, Simon, our friend from Germany, Batman fan, Deutschland. All right. He's got a series of questions. Let's run through them. Uh, what are your hopes for the Wonder Woman 84 trailer? Scott, what are your hopes? Don't tell me what the story is. I'm, I'm hoping for a trailer that is just suggestive without, you know, beat for beat telling me what the plot is. And that hopefully, my other hope is that it's a trailer that I'll look at the movie and go, okay, I'm jazzed about that. Because, you know, I, I don't get jazzed about every trailer, you know, and so... I'm just, I guess my biggest hope is don't tell me, don't tell me what the plot is and be subjectively something that gets me personally hyped about the film. That's basically all that, that's all my hopes are for the trailer. Yeah. I, my biggest hope is that I'm going to hear some good, uh, Hans Zimmer music. (laughs) That's actually, I am really looking forward to hearing Hans Zimmer score something for a DC film again. Uh, so those, that's my biggest hope for the trailer. Uh, and I would agree with Scott said, what Scott said, don't, don't show me too much. So, okay. Uh, Simon, second question is, will Robert's Batman be part of a bigger universe? I don't think it's going to be at this point. So it's set It's no. set a little bit further in the past, right? Well, it's it's a younger Batman. Yeah. You know, he's he's not new, but he's not seasoned. At least that's what Matt Reeves has said. And with all the recasting, I really it really just feels like to me it's going to be its own thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I failed to mention this one earlier when I was uh, uh, responding to I think it was Carrie's question. So, I mean, that's another universe that they're going to try to keep self-contained and and hopefully that gives you know that gives Reeves and you know Robert Pattinson a chance to really do something you know a storyline that that is a lot more self-contained uh, with whatever that's going to be whether it be a single film or a trilogy of films. Oh. Okay, Simon asks, uh, do our wives make fun of us all the time because of the time that we spend together? <laughs> they don't make fun of us. I my wife gets pissed with me, <laughs> but doesn't make fun of me. I usually just get anger, you yeah. know, red hot. I get the rolling eyes, the oh my god, are you podcasting tonight? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's the general response I get. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's not so bad for me because I usually, you know, I do most everything. Although lately I've been doing some editing throughout the day on Sunday. But like most of the time, uh, my recording is when, you know, Jamie's about ready to fall asleep. So like, I, you know, I'll jump down here and at least do the recording so it doesn't really get in the way of anything. And then editing, I just try to plug on it so that I get like, so I'm not working on it Sunday night. <laughs> so I try to work on it throughout the day. So I think that's the only thing, you know, she's been pretty supportive of it but I think the problem for me is that I'm in central time so since I'm since I'm an hour earlier relatively speaking yeah you know we're still the podcast recording always ends up in the we could be watching that you know it kind of falls right in Netflix and chill time yeah for sure because right now I'm sure she's upstairs going I'd really like to be watching the crown right now but stupid <laughs> Scott's downstairs podcasting yeah that's pretty much where I I land as far as my wife goes yeah yeah no I mean she doesn't get jealous of Scott. I mean, let's be clear, that's not an issue. Okay. All right. Simon also asks number question number four. How do you cope with working with Scott, Tim? <laughs> Called you wouldn't have a podcast without me. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> How do I cope with working with Scott? Well, here's the alternative. Like if it wasn't Scott, it could be Ray. So I mean, so it, it could be much worse, right? <laughs> I had someone else in mind for that, but okay. <laughs> 
go there. I know. Uh, I'm 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 being nice. I'm just kidding, Ray. I I love you to death. Um, no, I I love working with Scott. We've you know obviously we get along. We've uh, you know had this thing going for four years for almost every weekend. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I don't know when I kicked Simon's puppy, but I did at some point. You did at some point. I, I, at some point, I kicked his puppy. I kicked his puppy really hard, apparently. <laughs> and I, I don't even. And I've, and I've never even been to Germany. He has consistently given you a hard time, and I love it. I know. Please keep it up. It's kind of fun, though. It is fun. It it's fun. But he does end it here. He says, "P.S. Love you guys. Thanks for all the fun this decade. All the best." So. All right. Casual fan official asks: I see Affleck is working with Warner's again. Do we know how this came about? I thought he would have been done with the studio. Um, no, he's 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 never been done with Warner Brothers. No, no, he hasn't been done. No, no, no. He 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 was done with DC Films. We'll say that. And let's and let's also be clear that there was that massive um, restructuring and do people in charge. But no, he's got he's got a relationship. He's he's got a director's chair where you know everything with Warner Brothers outside of like the DC films or outside of the big IPs. You know, Warner Brothers lets those directors who have been proven successes do what they want as long as they're apparently not messing with DC properties because that's how you get Nolan and Eastwood right. and Affleck. You know, that's when you get those directors who always work with Warner Brothers. They don't work with anywhere else and they can do whatever they want. That, you know, Affleck's got that kind of clout there. So he's fine working there. You know, this next movie he's doing, he's not even directing. He's just starring in, but he's getting to work with Gavin O'Connor again, yeah. who, you know, they work together on The Accountant, which by the way, if you've not seen The Accountant, because I've been seeing some people talk about, who sleeps on this? Go see The Accountant. <laughs> it's amazing. But um, no, he was never done working with Warner Brothers. He Now, did he get PO'd with them? Absolutely. But that's just, I'm going to stop being part of the DC film stuff, and I'm just going to go back to doing my movies. Yeah. And let's be clear off. I mean, if you feel like he's kind of been quiet lately, I mean, there's been some personal struggles that he's been dealing with right now. So, I mean, um, and he's continuing to deal with them. So, like, you know, everything that we've understood and heard is that, you know, he's trying to get things squared away in his own life. And we've been pretty consistent on this thing. By far, that's much more important than anything we would have wanted. Like, you know, it's both Scott and I have said, we, you know, we would have wanted to see more Affleck Batman. But uh, there was just a number of reasons that didn't happen. And, and the most important ones being uh, some of the things he's been dealing with personally. But also, as we've come to learn over the last couple of years, part of that's also because he saw what happened to Zach. And from what we hear, he was not happy about yeah. that situation at all. Yeah. And let's be clear here, too, uh, when we talk about like the, the state of the industry and, and also the streaming industry right now, there is an arms race going on. <laughs> and so you're seeing a lot of fences trying to be mended right now. So if there was any kind of wrongs on Warner Brothers' part towards Ben Affleck, uh, personally, uh, you can guarantee that they're they're trying to kind of work these things out and to try to make amends. Yeah, because remember, even before Sujahara was shown the door, Emmerich and Sujahara wouldn't visit him at his home. Like, they were already trying to check on him back yeah. when he was still recovering and, you know, before probably the filming of, like, The Way Back and all of that. So, like, even before the regime changed, they were trying to mend those fences. All right, uh, the next question we got is from Rhodey. He asks, which of the, quote, in-development DC movies, and he quotes uh, Blue Beetle, Nightwing, Justice League Dark, Lobo, etc., are you most bummed that we haven't seen any development on, and are there any that you hope stay dormant? Okay. We need to go to the show notes where we, where we keep track of every single one of these movies that we've heard about. <laughs> let's let's do that. Okay, so I'm in the show notes There's right now. so many. <laughs> oh, so many. I'm going to run, I can run through them really quickly. Let me, okay. I'm, I'm going to do my auctioneer voice. We have 100 Bullets, The American Way, Batgirl, Black Adam, Black Hawk, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, 
Bolt, Cyborg, Deadshot, Destro, Gotham City Sirens, Green Lantern Corps, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn and the Joker, The Highwaymen, Justice League 2, Justice League Dark, Lobo, Man of Steel 2, Nightwing, Plastic Man, Sandman, Supergirl, and The Trench. <laughs> Just to name a few. And Just to name a few. Then there's there's all kinds of other ones that, you know, people are working on. I mean, this is the thing about Warner Brothers and DC. Like, they have tons of people working on ideas. And when one starts to kind of like, you know, look interesting and look promising, then it starts to float up to the top. And that's where you actually start hearing about it. Um, So the question is, what are we most bummed that we haven't seen any movement on? And then which, and then the second part is, and then which ones do we hope? We're like, shh, let's everyone forget that this was even mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one, okay, I mean, Man of Steel 2 is by far <laughs> the one that I'm most bummed about. See, and that's always a weird one because technically Batman v Superman was Man of Steel 2. Let's yeah. understand, in Zack's, in Zack's plan, Batman v Superman was Man of Steel 2 because it was the five film arc. Right. Um, but that's the one, like a, like a, a direct solo film sequel to Man of Steel, you know, that's the one that kind of bums me out the most. I, I'm going to name two others. Um, Deathstroke, you know, originally, you know, Gareth Evans was attached to it. Uh, that was the, that's mine. That's my answer. Was the yeah. Deathstroke solo movie. The Deathstroke one. I would also mention you know, Justice League Dark. I was really kind of looking forward to, you know, seeing some of that kind of develop. Um, those are the ones that I would just love to start hearing something on. Yeah, I would agree. And there's been a lot of talk. I remember that Ray and I were talking about Fans of the Boris Plus after seeing Doctor Sleep. Man, give Mike Flanagan Justice League Dark. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, I would... That For me, I have to agree. You took the ones, you know, Deathstroke and Justice League Dark were mine. Uh, some of these I know went quiet because of other films or other other developments that have happened that it's like, we know these are never going to happen. Like, we, at this point, we should probably take them off of the in-development list. <laughs> Except for we, we keep it there in perpetuity just to remember, at one point, someone said this was going to be a movie. <laughs> right. Um, in terms of ones that I would rather stay kind of dead, um, I'm not particularly interested in a Plastic Man solo film. No, not at all. Yeah, because I know, and the only reason because is because I I know the I know the approach they're going to take, and it's just not that's not my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, kind of the same way with the Lobo movie. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that one. Even though they did a great job with Lobo on Krypton, yeah, so that was that 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 worked very well for the character. Yep. All right. All right. So what's what next? What's next on the question list? Uh, ooh, Omari Daniels. Hi, Omari. Yeah, Omari. Uh, he at he asks if the DC Black Label extends beyond just villains after Joker, what hero would you like to receive a one-off movie, and what is your pitch? Keep up the great work, and oh, hi, Scott. Oh, oh, mm. what? Omari! Dude! <laughs> Seriously! I expect it from <laughs> Simon, not from you, man. Oh, you're just getting it from every angle here. I, but that's just, that's my lot in life. Yeah? I got my answer for this one. Okay. The question. Yes. <laughs> the question would make a fantastic DC Black Label movie. Yeah. Because that would give you that paranoid, you know, you you could do the the gritty, sh- you know, street level investigator conspiracy theory. I would I would love a question movie. Yeah. It done in a DC black style. Oh, that would be a good one. Um I'm going to say Rorschach. <laughs> Basically the same Which thing. Which is basically the question. <laughs> no, but I was just kind of thinking, like, to me, it's like Rorschach has genuine, real, general audience recognition at this point. Yes, he does. Uh, yes. The question wouldn't. And I, and I feel like, you know, especially now that you've got, like, an HBO series out there that, that it's getting a lot of praise. I don't know how many people are really watching it at this point. But, you know, you, you, it's out in there. It's in the culture now. You know what I mean? And it's always been such an interesting character. Um, so I would love to see something like that. I know he's not, like, DC proper necessarily. Necessarily, although that's kind of arguable now. I would love to see something like that.
like that. Like, I feel like if you put a Rorschach movie out there, I think you would, I, I think you have potential of doing, you know, Joker level of interest and attention if you just have like a really, a really hard hitting story out there. And and you just, you dive into the really uh, deep complexity of the character. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone else that we could think of? Uh, well, he just said what he, he asked for one. So I was just, I was limiting it to one. I was like, that's my, okay. that's my number one. Gut reaction. That's who, that's who we think. So. Yes. All right. Um, Jack from Boston asks, what do you think is the collective story that is being told in a DCEU? Is there going to be a coming together in a team up a movie? What's the plan for the different characters and stories? I assume they have to converge at some po- people point. What say you? I think there isn't a collective story. And I think that's the point. Yeah, I don't think there is. I think they, they kind of moved away from it. You know, I, I, I don't see anything anytime soon. Which I'm okay with, which we talked about this earlier. I'm okay with that. I like the idea of a connected universe as in they reference each other, they might show up as in, hey, we all live in the same movie universe. But the idea of an MCU style through line story where every individual movie, no matter what character, who, which character movie is like an episode and a larger story where you have to watch all the different movies of all the different characters to follow the story. Yeah. One, they're not doing that. And two, I don't want them doing that. Yeah. You know, the MCU has already done that. I got burnt out on it. I'm done. I like the idea of it just being the characters doing their things and there's continuity within the characters' movies and they all exist in a universe where they can reference each other but not a, this is part one, this is part two, this is part three and you have to kind of follow it that way. Yeah. That's not what, they've they've come out and said they're not doing that yeah. and I'm excited about that. I like that method. Yeah, Jack. So the the other thing you're asking about, what's the, the plan for the different characters and stories? I mean, the plan is that they're all going to kind of follow their own storylines for the most part. So I, I don't think there's any plan to converge at this point. And you may you may you may see like a Black Adam and a Shazam or a, a a Black Adam and a Superman converge. Like that may have like a real intent and a purpose to it, but you're not going to see all these different characters come together. Like it's just not going to happen. I don't think. No, no. N- at least no time soon. No, not at all. Uh, Eli Hernandez, and this is a good question because I feel like this is a question that gets asked, and people automatically want to recommend their favorites without thinking about what the question is actually asking. Eli asks, hey guys, my friend just started reading comic books and his favorite new character is Batman. What Batman arc would you recommend to a beginner? And I think that is the important the part key. because we yeah. all have we all have our favorite stories, but there is no way on God's green earth that I would throw some of my favorite stories <laughs> at someone who has never read Batman before. So starting with you, Tim, a beginner Batman arc, what would you recommend? I mean, I would, I think year one is a good beginner Batman arc. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's technically a first Batman story, so I, I would completely agree with you on that. But but I think it's a good story, and I, I think it, it it really gives you an idea uh, of what's important about the character. So I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to do that one. No, well, no, I mean, that's the whole point, was it was the post-crisis jumping on point yeah. for Batman. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend uh, year one. And it and, and it's my, my boy Frank, so you know, that, that I, you know I'm going to rubber stamp that one and endorse it. Yep. Um, other than that, it's a good beginning story. And that's the problem is, you know, I'm trying to think about like, oh, it maybe it wasn't an arc. It's more like an, it's an anthology series. And I think if you just want good Batman stories, uh, do you remember Batman Black and White? I think that would be a really good way that you don't really have to worry about continuity. You don't have to worry about where it all fits. And you just get a, you get like a trade paperback and you just get really good one-off Batman stories by some of the best writers and artists to ever work on Batman. 
And I think sometimes when you get these graphic novels or you get these anthology series, you because it's not tied into that monthly structure, I feel like you get some higher quality sometimes. So it's not an arc, but it's a great series that, you know, there's three there's three volumes of trade paperbacks that you could just get Batman Black and White and you get you get all the big names working on it. And I think that's a I think that's a great sort of primer of just here, here's just some good Batman material. So I would recommend Batman Black and White. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be a good one too. If you really want to get into a, like a longer story, uh, we'd recommend The Long Halloween. Oh, yes! Absolutely. But that's a good one to read after you've read year one because continuity-wise, that's where it takes place. Right, for sure. Okay. All right, and the next question comes from Clay. Uh, Clayton asks, would you guys want HBO Max to make separate content that connects to the DCEU like Disney Plus and the MCU? Question mark. If so, should they make low-budget films or make short six to ten episode shows i don't want this because i don't like i don't like what disney plus and the mcu are doing with that in the first place no because kevin feige's actually come out and said that to understand the movies to understand the story they're telling in the movies you're gonna have to he's saying you're gonna have to watch these shows i don't like that yeah i i, I don't like i don't like that especially when it's behind a paywall right so no no if it if it's in the dceu but it's not something that you quote have to watch to follow that's a different story would i mind that no go sure go ahead do it but if you're trying to tell stories where are you going to start referencing stuff from the shows in the movies and then the question becomes well then do the you know then what do you do in the shows if it doesn't really have much impact on the movies or stuff like that and it gets really tricky that i feel like that's just asking that's just asking for complications that i don't think is necessary yeah yeah i'm, I'm not a fan of it i didn't like it when marvel was doing it you know having the tv shows connected or trying to say it was connected to the films (laughs) oh oh yeah (laughs) let's just 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 go back to fans without borders and all the conversations about it's all connected not really yeah yeah not a fan you know should they make lower budget films you know i would love to see them take what we thought the dceu originally was going to be and do some lower budget films uh for hbo max i'd love to see it all right next question we'll pass no 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 no. (laughs) joe asks joe asks why is alan fire a terrible film critic your last Squawkast Movies review, Laughing Crying Face. Yes. Of course, to which you responded, we only have an hour, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we I think we addressed that in the uh, the pre-show banter. We did, yeah. Joe was not a fan of my review for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Sorry, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Joe. It was not a film for me. No, it was not. <laughs> it was definitely not. So uh, if that's why I'm a terrible film critic, I own it. <laughs> I, I accept your premise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Joe, uh, thank you. And uh, maybe next time we'll have you on to take my spot for the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film. Oh, absolutely. No, we're, you're not you're not welcome for Secret of the Ooze. Just uh, so. I need to I need to be back on that one because you guys no, you, were, you guys were building it up. No, it's like this is going to be a lot more like the cartoon. So no, 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 that is true. That is true. Yes. But still, I don't need you. Uh, uh, no, no. Go. Hey, we're going to get the band back together. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, the next question comes from Salver Harden. All right. Mayor, you ask. Do you think you'll get all or some of the Squadcast Network hosts in the same room together in 2020? Ever tried to make it happen but failed? Yes, yes, we have. Tr- we've tried to get some of the. You've, the two of us have tried to get together and it has failed. Yes, no. I mean, we, in fact, we and and uh, you know this, Oliver. Uh, we got all six of us together and succeeded for our Batman 1989 review. Not in the same room. So he means literally in the same room. 
Yeah, he's talking about literally in the same okay. room. He's talking about okay. all of us physically together because we make such a point about the fact that we have none of us have actually met each other. I almost met Ray about a week or two ago, um, but my travel plans uh, fell through. That's and that's always what he says because he almost came to Alabama and we were totally we had a date and, and, <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean it that that came out the wrong a way. A date set up. Yes, <laughs> that we had we had a date on the calendar. Yes, we had a Thank calendar. You for clarifying. Date. Yes. Well, we were gonna have drinks together just saying we were we were it, it's all you know i don't have the luxury of just saying oh i'm gonna just come down here on my own like it, it's all revolves around like hey am i gonna be in the area because of my job that's what it basically comes down to so yes um you know we don't have any plans but i would love to like find a way to make it happen we always want it to happen because it's yeah. it, it's just so weird to work with people for some of us like tim and myself for four years and go yeah, yeah we never met we, we've been doing this thing for four years never met in person at all we're internet friends what's well, like it's like when you know meeting people on the internet first kind of like came into vogue and all that you know for those of us that are a little bit older and it was like you know hey you know i met this met this girl online and you know we've been talking for quite a while but you like you never meet him it's kind of weird it is weird it's not yeah it, we have a very unhealthy relationship is basically what tim is saying yeah pretty much pretty much yeah yeah i mean well what if like we get together and we'd like hate each other uh, we already that already happens now we didn't, that's without us being in person i'm just saying yeah well, that is true that is true i know right i don't know maybe we'll put out a like a gofundme or something like get the six <laughs> podcasts <those> kind of... <laughs> kickstarter kickstarter get, yes <laughs> get this get the network to actually meet each other yeah pay for our dinner pay for our beer you know that's just sounds like a plan well i kind of feel like if we met down in like nashville or louisville or something like that that would be like louisville louisville it's pronounced louisville how do you say louisville slugger <laughs> it's a louisville slugger if we were going to do it it'd have to be like some central location and we really do, have yes. to be committed yeah because honestly the, the person who gets screwed the most out of that is chris yeah but that's because he has to take the swamp boat that to get true. to some dry ground yeah and that takes well, a little while yeah so Suri Raj asks what was your reaction when you heard the batman theme during the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood end credits and what are your thoughts on the movie itself? It just might be my favorite of the year. Well, Sir Raj, if you want to hear my thoughts, you can go to Patreon and for $5 a month, you can listen to Fans of the Porters Plus <laughs> where Ray and I actually reviewed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Did you talk about that? Did you talk about the end credits? Yes! Uh, yeah, of course we did. We talked, you know, but uh, did I, I loved it. You know, it, it was fun uh, hearing it. it. It just fit so much with the movie. And then what are my thoughts on the movie itself? Uh, I I liked it. Not my favorite Tarantino movie, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, Ray, during our review, gave me a framework to go back and rewatch that movie that maybe will increase my appreciation of the film. But I've, I have yet to see it for that second time to put those those color glasses on me to watch the film. And you haven't seen it, so that's why you're not saying anything, right? I haven't seen it. That's why I'm not saying anything. And it's actually coming out now, so I'm about ready to pick it up. Yeah, it's digitally available at, 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 at like two days. Yeah. All right. Salver Harden jumped in again and asked, opinions on the post-Justice League course for the DCEU. I think we've kind of touched on that. Yes. Uh, the emphasis on solo projects with very little interconnectivity and no big leaguer interaction. Um, that's where we think it's going. Um, would you rather have yet another solo Batman trilogy, no matter how good, or a couple of good movies 
with Flash and Batman working together. I'd rather have the solo, personally. Yeah, because he says, I'm not saying they should go full MCU, but wouldn't it be great to see Amazon's Atlanteans interact for something instead of everyone playing in their corner? We were there, now we have to wait the better part of another decade before we might get there again. And I think, but I think, Salva, what you're saying, you're right. I, I, I would like the acknowledgement of each other. You know, I, I don't want it to go completely in their own separate sandboxes. Right. But, you know, we'll see. You know, how do I feel about another solo Batman trilogy? Well, I can't wait to see what I think about the first one. You know, is it is that a good movie? That's really where it comes down to. It's kind of like my opinion, how my opinion drastically changed on Joker. Because yeah. once I, because once stuff, once I started seeing stuff about it, I got excited. Yep. So fellow podcaster Bob asks, do you think Henry Cavill will be back as Superman? Ooh, what do you think, Scott? I think he will. I think he will. I think he will too. Yeah, I think he will. It, 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 this is the thing. And the biggest thing with Henry is I, th- and when we're doing this without knowing all the details, I mean, we're, we're just giving pure opinions here. But my my gut reaction kind of tells me that this is a case where he was trying to get A-lister money. And uh, and I think it was actually it was actually Pud that said the same thing. He's trying to get A-lister money. He's not an A-lister. And I and I think mm-hmm. he's really kind of being pushed this way with Danny Garcia as his agent. And, uh, and, and I think that's the biggest reason we're at a standstill. Because I, I don't think Warner Brothers has a big issue with Henry Cavill as Superman. I just don't think they want to pay him what he's asking for. So I think if... It, when he gets to the point where he's going to hopefully back down what his um, his expectations are about what... Asking prices. Yeah, what he should be getting, then I think we'll see him back. So, And I kind of have a feeling like this, this all this talk that we've heard about, you know, Danny Garcia and Hiram Garcia, her brother, uh, who is the agent for Dwayne Johnson, you know, they've been talking about Superman being somehow involved in a Black Adam film. Uh, I, I think that's real. I, I think that's their avenue to try to get this thing done. So I think we'll see him back. Okay. Emmett David asks, assuming Reeves uses Joker in his Batman movies, who should it be? Leto? Phoenix? Someone else? Someone else. It'll be someone else. It'll be someone else. It's not going to be Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, and, nope. and you know, Leto, I... I I don't know. Is he going to be back, Scott? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. The, yeah. I want him back. I want to see more of the gangster Joker. But I think, you know, he problem with problem with Jared Leto, he was caught up in this whole chaos that was happening around at a time with what they were going to do with DC Films. And it's not going to be Leto. No. I think it'll be somebody else. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see him, honestly. Yeah. I think Joker, it's another one of the things where like, Joker needs to go back in his box and he needs to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see Joker in the, uh, in the Batman. We're assuming like a trilogy. I don't think we're going to see him. Yeah. Um, Ulysses asks, have you guys seen or played Batman Telltale season one and two? What do you think? And do you think the Batman movie will take elements from it? Also, have you guys read Azarski's Daredevil run? It's pretty damn good. Scott, did you know that Frank Miller Daredevil box set is on sale? Okay. Uh, First one, I actually, I'm going to answer the Telltale one. I actually have picked up season one and two, but I haven't played it yet. So I can't answer that question. I have season one and season two, and I have played partway through episode one of season one. Okay. So. Okay. So what did you think of it so far? I like it. You know, it's fun. I like, I like those sort of choose your own adventure games where the decisions you make actually influences the gameplay that moves on. So that, so that gives it replayability where, well, I can make different decisions and I like to see where the story goes. I like the branching that allows the story to go in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe once, uh, 
and once we get a chance to play it, like it's it's on my list of things that just haven't had time to really devote to it. The thinking about the elements it could take from it, I like I just like the idea of the you know the swapping between what Bruce can do and what Batman can do, and I think that's because that's a major part of the gameplay is like basically who who are you going to rely on to solve the mystery? Okay. And uh, the Frank Miller box set don't need it. I have the omnibuses. <laughs> but thank you for keeping me informed. All right. Oh, friend of the show, great friend of the show, Jonathan Mechanich asks if you could have one signed prop from the DCEU, what would it be? Oh, I kind of want the Batarang from yes. Batman v Superman. Yes, I want the Batarang. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also asks, do you think a Justice League Dark series could salvage, save Swamp Thing? I don't even think they'd go there. I have a feeling that ship has sailed. Yeah. Because if they I thought so. Swamp Thing was too expensive, you know, doing an ensemble show? Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and all the creators have moved on to other things. Yeah. And then he finally asked, which parts of Flashpoint are your favorite and which do you think could be adapted in a way without doing a Flashpoint film? Like say Lex Luthor pulled the strings and at the end of Batman v Superman, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were caught in the middle of the Amazon Atlantean War. I actually, and maybe this isn't a popular opinion, but I don't really want to see Flashpoint on the big screen. But he's not asking that, but he's saying, what is there an element or a part or something that they could be inspired by from the story to use? I mean, to me, it's like one of the most compelling things I ever saw was like when uh, you had that image of, you know, Batman seeing his mother and father kind of come back. Like that that to me was like a super powerful image. I, I, you know, I was never a giant fan in practicality of like, you know, like his mother being a Joker and, you know, his father becoming Batman. Like it's an interesting kind of like imaginary story, but like I, I would, I think that would just be a little bit too odd to have that on the big screen. So I don't know. I don't know if there's any element I would really want, honestly. I, oh, I was just thinking the fact that I I enjoyed the I the idea of you know I do like the idea of Superman being kind of kept underground and so he's like he gets like really emaciated and skinny because he's been blocked out from sunlight and I also kind of like a confrontation with the Reverse Flash where basically he looks at Barry and says well I'm actually not the bad guy here because this wasn't my fault I didn't do this you did this I I think that would be a really powerful moment yeah and so that's something I really enjoy from Flash point. Okay. Uh, Wendigo Tycoon asks, assuming the DCU continues successfully, how long do you think it will be until we get another Justice League movie? <sighs> if we even get another Justice League movie, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna to put that out there. I, I think the next Justice League film we get is either going to be on HBO Max or it's going to be when they kind of reboot all the characters. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. I don't think we're going to see one. Um, Brooklyn Batman Anthony asks, what are your expectations for the Wonder Woman 84 trailer? CR previous answer. <laughs> yep. Uh, when do you think we'll get the Pattinson Batsuit reveal? I'm guessing probably within a couple months. I think in the spring. Yeah. I think after Birds of Prey because we got that window between Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Okay. That's my that's my guesstimate. Yeah. I think you might get a little tease here. I don't know if you're going to see Pattinson in the full suit because I mean he's going to want to bulk up and then once he get, gets bulked up they're going to have to like fit the suit to him properly so I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I think we're at least a couple months away before we see anything. Okay. So. Okay. Oh, and then Amanda Colbert asks, who has the longest beard? Well, that would be Scott. <laughs> Mine's glor- it's so glorious. What can we say? <laughs> it's so glorious.
hilarious how much hair you can put on that chin and how, know, how little hair you can have on the top of your head. Yeah, you know, well, it had to go someplace. <laughs> had to go someplace. There, there has to be a balance to the universe, and that was the sacrifice Absolutely. we make. Absolutely. No, I, I, the thing is I, I shave my beard once a week. Like, I trim it once a week. So mine never gets more than, you know, just about a week's worth growth. So, so yeah, clearly, Scott. Uh, Stu Little asks, can I have a job? Uh, I don't think the hours work. The whole, the whole, the whole time thing. Sorry, Greenwich Mean Time. The whole time thing. Yeah, yeah. Greenwich Mean Time does not work out well for us. Yeah. And then Stu also asks, I think a little bit more seriously here, uh, if you could have a live action crossover between a DC property and another Warner Brothers one, what would you choose? <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I hate this whole idea, honestly. I, I know the premise of the question, and I'm, we'll come up with an answer, but like, I just have this fear that somehow Disney is going to start... You're going to speak it into a being? Is gonna, Disney is going to somehow start crossing over Marvel and Star Wars. I just have this weird feeling that so, at some point that's going to happen. Because my answer was going to be Justice League Dark and Harry Potter. That would be fun. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking maybe, is it really a property? But like, take the accountant and, you know, have him cross paths with like, say, Batman. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So next one comes from Evanuel Hoffman. One uh, asks, would you love to see Titans and Doom Patrol do a crossover with the Arrowverse? No. I'm no. going to answer that one right away. Straight away. No. No. I don't, I don't no. want to see that. They need to stay completely separate. <laughs> would network TV censorship hinder too much of the DC Universe style? Yes. Well, th- yes. That would definitely that would definitely happen. But no, they 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 are not the same types of shows. They need to stay separate. Absolutely. Uh, McNichol asks, how different would Batman Forever be if Michael Keaton started as Batman, Marlon Wayans as Robin, Robin Williams as the Riddler, Billy D. Williams as Two Face, and Rene Russo as Chase Meridian? I feel like every time we do a a, a question, this one comes up every time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I think it. I don't know if the the, the actors would make that big of a difference it just depends on well is tim burton still directing it or do we still have joel schumacher right that's really the question that's the big difference yeah yeah i mean you could take all these actors and you could do a joel schumacher film that would feel the same way i that's what yeah that's my that's my response yep no i would agree and then we get a question from alvin gross yes are the penguin the catwoman and the riddler working together in the batman I hope not. I don't want them to work together. I'm, not I'm yet. Tired of the villain. I, I don't. I'm tired of the villains teaming up. I would like them to kind of be working in like their own little corners in the story. Yeah, I don't think villains work well together. It's just the very nature of villains. I, I kind of feel like they they're always in it for their own self interest. So that's the way I prefer it anyway. Yeah, I would love him to encounter them individually, but not be some team up like a 1966 style or you know yeah. like Batman Returns or Batman Forever or Batman. And, uh, I'm just listing off the, all these reasons why you shouldn't do that right <laughs> so i would agree yeah i don't uh i don't think they're well he's asking are they working together i hope not but i don't think they are but we just don't know we don't know philip barker asks watchmen it's not a matter of when will we see dr manhattan but in my opinion the question to ask is why would we see dr manhattan would love to hear both your guys thoughts on that i think whatever it comes down to it's all connected to lady true because of that especially with that millennium especially with that millennium clock thing she's building yeah yeah, I mean, you feel like there's got to be the payoff at some point. So, I, I mean, I think you have to show him at some point. Well, but but he say, but he's not saying when. He's saying why. He says we we are, he he's coming at this question with the yeah. assumption of we know we're going to see him again. So he's just asking for a theory of why does Doctor Manhattan come back? Yeah, so your theory about that? I don't know. I I don't know. I, I I honestly I don't know what surprises are in store for us in this in this show. I think it has something to do with whatever is going on between Lady True 
and Ozymandias and Will. I just there is a grand conspiracy at work because it's Watchmen. Of course, there's a grand conspiracy at work, and I feel like it's going to bring Doctor Manhattan back. And I almost feel like bringing Doctor Manhattan back maybe is part of the conspiracy. Yeah, and I kind of feel like it was Doctor Manhattan that had to have put you know Ozymandias on to, and I'm not sure what planet that is. It's Enceladus or whatever it is, one of the moons of of Jupiter. Like that's the yeah. only way he could have been put there. And so I think it's going to be somehow connected with that. Like he's either going to come back to um, try to move him back or at least uh, intercede with uh, or intervene with him trying to escape. I think that's what we'll see. That's my guess at this point. Um, oh, Amanda comes back and asks, is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles the best holiday season movie? Uh, for me, to me, I think it's the best Thanksgiving one. Okay, don't hate me. I still have never seen that movie. You have not seen that film. I have not seen that movie. What's the matter with you? As so many things. We don't, yeah. we only, we're, we don't even, an hour wouldn't even be long enough. But no, I've actually never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's one of those bucket list, oh dear God, why have I not watched this movie kind of movie. <laughs> and that tends to happen a lot with comedies. Yeah. Because I have such a particular sense of humor that, I'm sorry, Amanda, I have failed you. <laughs> I will get to it one Thanksgiving. I, I do adore that film. So I don't know if it's the best. There are points in it where I'm like, okay, this definitely feels like a film from a different era. But uh, it was it was like something that I would just absolutely loved growing up watching the film. So I don't know. I would I would I would say it's it's a great film. I would recommend it. Okay. Men are still good. Uh, asks, do you think fans appreciate the risk Zack Snyder is taking with his career by standing with the movement because Hollywood is a clannish place where people have long memories and have no problem sabotaging anyone's career? Makes me appreciate him all the more. Honestly, I think at this point, him vocally coming out and supporting the movement, I think it's calculated because I don't think it's really that much of a risk anymore. No, I mean, he's waited this long to do it. And the fact that uh, Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot came out and did it as well, to me, just tells you that, you know, I, I think the writing is on the wall that um, that amends are, there, at least there's an attempt to make amends here. And and I think be, because that is happening, I think that's why he's willing to come out. Because up to this point, he, you know, he hasn't come out. You know, like, he's never hashtagged release the Snyder Cut until. No. He's thanked people for his support, for their support. Yeah. But he's never, like, used a hashtag and that kind of thing. I mean, SnyderCon was basically the beginning of that. And I feel like that's because the way the tide has started to turn. I also feel like that as far as creatives are concerned, people are in his corner. I, I, I feel like he's on the right side of this and that Warner Brothers is the one who's got the bad look. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he, he's doing it because he's feeling confident that he's in the right and that he's going to be acknowledged as, as having been wronged here. So I think that's why he was able to finally come out and do that. Yeah. Tom asks, is there another non-traditional comic you would like to see adapted like Umbrella Academy or The Boys? Hmm. I have several that I would recommend. Saga. I knew you would say Saga. I knew you'd <laughs> say that. I have other image books that okay. I would recommend. And basically anything Ed Brubaker has written for mm. image. And I'm talking about stuff like Fatale, The Fade Out, Velvet, any of these. And the and, and you'll notice all, every single one of these is not a superhero comic. Yeah. So I'm not so I'm not talking about non-traditional, I'm talking about like non-superhero comic. Anything that Brubaker has done over at Image, I would just go take that man's catalog and adapt all of it. Because they also have endings. So yeah. you could do a faithful like mini series. We're talking like HBO, Netflix, Amazon kind of limited series where it's like once it's done, it's done. And that would be my vote. And if you don't know any of those titles that I just named, oh dear God, do yourself a treat and go read them because they're excellent. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of feel like you're you're at a, in an era here where things like this can easily be adapted. They're, they're scrounging, looking through all kinds of properties to adapt. You know, everyone's looking for original 
content right now. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of these things get adapted. So Amanda Colbert's final question, who's getting an air fryer for Christmas? Not me. <laughs> Dear God, I hope not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting one. <laughs> so is Steven getting one? Is that is that kind of what I'm taking from this? I, I, I'm curious. I'm curious if Steven's getting one. Does yeah. he know he's getting one? Or did we just like ruin Christmas for uh, him? We just let the cat out of the bag. Sorry, Steven. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then we get second to last question is the only Phoenix. Uh, first of all, he says, hey, Tim and Scott, and gives a little wave. And he asks, if Birds of Prey does well enough once it's out, how would you like to see the team be used in future DCEU projects? I'm a big fan and keep up the fabulous work. Thank you. Uh, it's from Chris, Chris Owens. I don't know. I don't, this is one that I kind of feel like I want it to stay contained. Well, it's one of those that like, I need to see, I need, actually need to see the movie first. Like, yeah. I need to see how the characters are treated. And, you know, as far as the team goes, just, you know, let this be their movie. And then maybe if, if there's a reason for them to get back together after this movie, great. But I feel like it's one of those that I don't want them to suddenly get oversaturated just because the movie does successfully. Yes, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can answer this one. Uh, I don't know how I'd want them to be used. I mean, I guess maybe if, if uh, you know, like you could take Huntress could show up into, a you know, a Batman type film. Um, you could have, you know, Black Canary show up. I don't know, maybe in a Green Arrow film if we ever get something like that. Yeah. The point is, though, I need to see the movie first. Yeah. Before I can really answer this question. Yep. I just don't know. Yeah. So I would agree with that answer. And uh, the last question, Oh Give Thanks asks, how come comic book movies from the 90s like Dick Tracy, The Shadow, and The Phantom were not successful at the box office like comic book movies are now? Oh. Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question because <laughs> there's there's a, there's definitely answers to that. Yeah. Some of them have to do with the quality of those movies if you go back and watch them. Right. Yeah, the quality. But I mean, also, you got to remember, and, and we've talked about this, you know, in our, our uh, Squadcast movie show, there's definitely a transition. Like, you look at some of the films that were coming out in the 90s and even in the early 2000s, uh, you could just kind of see that, like, the industry was just kind of embarrassed about full-on embracing the comic book elements. And you'd see it in in kind of how they would uh, name the characters or dress up the characters. And, you know, they wouldn't put them in full costumes. They had, you know, non-traditional comic book costumes. Uh, like, you take the X-Men, for example. I mean, all dressed up in leather. Like, they, they just were unwilling or not quite ready to embrace it yet. So, like, I think if those movies came out nowadays, I, you know, for one, the quality, as long as the quality was there, I, I feel like they could do well, but you know, it just wasn't, uh, we weren't quite ready at that point. No, they were, they were being done. Cause you go back and watch the shadow or the phantom and they were being done with a uh, tongue firmly in cheek. Like they were not being made and being taken seriously as movies. They yeah. were just like, okay, here's some kitty, here's some funny kitty little thing we can throw out there to try to make some money. I mean, Dick Tracy is about as close as you, of the ones you named, Dick Tracy is about as close as you get to something that I would actually consider to be like they were tr- they, real thought and care was put into the making of that movie. Like Dick Tracy is a solid movie. So yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, I I think just the willingness for the public to accept any of these things, any of these kind of films nowadays, especially if you try to take them a lot more seriously, I, I think just inherently they have a, a much better chance of doing well. So. All right, that is it. I think that's it. We have made it through all the questions. Yeah, did we get anything else? I'm checking right now. Nope. I checked. I checked. That was it. We are, we we are not. We are being good. We've gotten all the questions answered. <laughs> I think we caught them all. If we missed one, let us know. As long as Twitter was getting.
given us the full text chain of questions here. Uh, we got through them all. All right, guys. So that's it for this week's podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening and for those of you who contributed questions. We really appreciate for you, you know, helping us have content this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. I'll let you know if you have any other questions, um, you know, hit us up. Uh, we'll, we'll try to give you a, a timely response. No promises. But, you know, we love doing this every now and then. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter. You can find a show at Suicide Squadcast. And on Twitter, you can find me at Alan Fire. You can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. Of course, you can always email the show at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. We're also on Vero, Facebook, and we have a website, SuicideSquadcast.com. You can find all the shows there. Please give us a click. We're also over at Patreon.com slash SquadcastMedia. Uh, please, 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 if you can, if you feel like you can help us out, $5 a month gives you access to all kinds of content as a small way of us saying thank you. Yes, thank you very much. And and again, as always, thank you to all of you guys that are already supporting us. I uh, appreciate it. it. It really makes us kind of keep this thing going. So your support is always and always will be appreciated. All right. Uh, I think that's it for this week, Scott. Hopefully we have a much bigger news week next week. And anything we didn't touch on this week, we'll, we'll do a little catch up next week. All right, guys. So that's it. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go out and keep reading DC. All right. See you guys. guys the gloves are off what is it what did i ever do to you where did i touch you where did i kick your puppy i mean really i'm the nice one what did i why he's the nice one i'm the nice one he's the nice one once again refer back to refer back to tens of your teenage Ninja turtles that was just that that's a soulless individual there it's a soulless individual. That's your that's your go-to reason about why you're the nice one? Because of my review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, I have four years of evidence of why I'm the nice one. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I, I fully support these guys. Omari, Simon, I fully back you up. No. I will never let Scott blow you up. <laughs> that's like, like you have a choice.